What if you could complete your MBA in just one year? Thanks to the College of Charleston School of Business, now you can. Their accelerated MBA program condenses a traditional two-year program into one rigorous year, ensuring you not only save a year of tuition and fees, but also re-enter the workforce quickly and graduate with critical business knowledge. U.S. News & World Report recognized the College of Charleston MBA as number one in the country for its job placement rate within three months of graduation. Learn more at mba.cfc.edu. Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning, and welcome to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business. The College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Each Saturday morning at 9, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Lowcountry talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, Low Country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, presented by the College of Charleston School of Business and Coastal Wealth Management. A happy Saturday to you here. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, with the lovely and talented Leslie Haywood. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. Happy Saturday. How are happy you spring doing break, right? It's spring break. It's starting for our kids today. <laughs> and you know what else is today, Leslie? Come no. on. Come on. Is it sports? It is. It's the final four. We're excited. We're down to four. Can can you name one of the four teams that are in the final four? Hang hang on. Can you tell me what sport the final four is? Let's start with that. Uh, The golf. There you go. Perfect. Yes. So we're down to four teams in golf. Really excited. There's a hole in one happening. Shameful on you. Shameful. Uh, What a great time it is. Other than the pollen in the low country, everything is amazing. The weather's starting to turn, and we're excited to be back for another edition of Beyond the Business. And by the way, in case you happen to miss one of our segments, don't fret. You can always check us out via our podcast on Spotify or iTunes, Simply, uh, or simply go to our website at coastalwm.com and click on the radio icon. And you can check out not only last week's show, but all of our shows going back the last seven years. And uh, speaking of last week, we had Mr. Frank Wells from Holy City Med on. Frank did a, an amazing job at really talking about uh, you know his business, but more importantly, just his philosophy. And uh, Leslie, did you have any kind of wisdom of nugget you took away on that? Yeah, well, I, I loved his take on family and work and that he said it as a leader or a business owner, um, you have both your home family and your work family, and it's important to take care of both of them. And our home family is the training ground for all of our relationships with our work family. And it's easy because the home family, you kind of have to love them, um, but then you get to practice on them and then um, treat your workers like like family. And, uh, and to be successful, it's important to nurture both kind of relationships and um i'm gonna use that at home when my kids think i've lost my mind and i'm being unreasonable i can tell them it's okay if i don't do everything right i'm practicing on you that's this, right your 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 practice this so, is just uh, practice so. <laughs> this is just practice i don't have to be perfect at home oh what about you eric well I, again I, I think frank did a great job and one of the things if you're listening and you own a business or you're thinking about starting a business and of course we've all gone through covid you know he opened 
opened his business, business his urgent primary care center. Uh, they opened on January 9th uh, last year. And so they were open only uh, a month or two, COVID hits. And to really talk about how they've navigated that, how um, they have been, um, you know, kind of evolving through that and, and what they've done. And so what a great, again, testament to willpower and entrepreneur spirit. And so uh, what a, a great show it was. And Frank, we really appreciate your time. And of course, as we always do, we, we turn the page. And uh, today is uh, a great opportunity, again, for another wonderful show and wisdom of leadership around the low country, Mr. Scott Woods, who is the president and CEO of South Carolina Federal Credit Union. Scott, good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. We've built you up big time, Scott. We've heard a lot about you. We are excited to hear all about your show today. So uh, <laughs> uh, before we, we dive into the, the show itself and all your background and fun stuff, um, in case there's uh, an ear out there that hasn't heard, which I would be surprised, but they don't know uh, who South Carolina Federal Credit Union, give us the quick 20-second commercial. Uh, the elevator, uh, the elevator speech is South Carolina Federal Credit Union is a uh, and a credit union is a uh, volunteer-led, not-for-profit, no stockholders financial cooperative. Uh, we are the oldest locally uh, owned financial institution in the Low Country. We've been around since 1936. We're right at around 2.3 billion dollars in assets, 160,000 members, and we are in all major markets of South Carolina. Excellent. Well, we're looking forward to hearing a lot more about your role and what you're doing in your organization today. But of course, this is people you know, stories you don't, Leslie. That's right. So we got to take it way back. Let's go way back and see what made Scott Woods, Scott Woods. So tell us where were you born, a little bit about your upbringing, brothers and sisters, and what family life was like. Wow. Well, uh, the snapshot is I am uh, I'm I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. It's funny. So uh, my mom and dad were from are from here. Um, now my dad uh, was in the Marine Corps, and uh, he was he was stationed for a while at Cherry Point, North Carolina, uh, Marine Corps Naval Air Station, Cherry Point, and. Uh, I was born there, and then we immediately came back to Charleston. So it's just a little bit of a splotch on my record here. My family's from here. I grew up here, but for a short, brief amount of time, I was actually up the born up the coast and, and come back to Charleston, South Carolina. So uh, my my dad was in the Marines. When he retired from the Marines, he went to go work at the Charleston Naval Shipyard. And so I'm a shipyard brat. Uh, from, so I uh, grew up on Folly Beach, or as all of my uh, loftier friends from James Island called us, FBI's, Folly Beach Idiots. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a local flavor here. Um, grew up there, went to James Island High School, graduated from there. And... Um, a real, uh, lo- real, real local. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, that's it. That's it. And... Um, after uh, after graduating from high school, I actually went to go uh, to go work at the Mount Pleasant Fire Department. It was the best job I ever had. I loved it. Love helping people. Loved the excitement that came with it. Um, I was there for about four years, five, maybe five years, and uh, worked my way up to engineer. So I used to drive the big red fire truck, every kid's dream. That's great. And, and when you think of kid, tell us a little bit about what you were like as a kid. Were you studious into sports? Yeah, what about surf? those those high school days? Right. You oh, do? the high school days. Yeah. Yes. Well, let me just say here, I could uh, I could never run for public office. Too many people <laughs> I went to high school with are still alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, a typical high school kid. We had a lot had a lot of fun. Um, 
my um, I was in the uh, uh, not not sports. I was actually in the in the the, the band uh, in high school, and that's where so many of my friends uh, are still. Uh, we still stay in touch uh, through that that shared experience of uh, of. Uh, you know, growing up uh, in in high school and taking part in all the sports operations from there. Um, no, uh, I mean I was not a great scholastic uh, uh, icon. In fact, my my uh, I, I was the first person ultimately to ever go to college, and that was not the plan. As long as I didn't bring them any D's or F's, I, I got to keep my hide intact. So. Um, uh, you know, as I as I'll talk about here shortly about my educational journey, but it was didn't start off at a great leap. I was actually graduated in the bottom half of my high school class. It was just <laughs> never any expectation to be a you know a scholastic or or a performance uh, mon you know monster. Just uh, don't don't embarrass us, and you'll you'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah, I tell my kids that all the actually I tell my kids because my husband's born and raised here in Charleston, and I graduated from Goose Creek, and mm. you know with as many people as we know in this town, all I tell the kids is just like, we, uh, you know, your dad and I embarrass ourselves enough. You guys just be on your best behavior. <laughs> Too many people know, know who we are. So what did your mom do just uh, as a, was she mom, a stay at home mom? Mom is a, mom is a homemaker. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, kind of your traditional family. Um, my, you know, my dad was in the service uh, early early days, and she stayed at home, took care of the kids while he was uh, in the Corps. He was in Vietnam briefly, um, and then um, came back and he went to work at the shipyard. And she stayed uh, stayed with us. She, you know, she took a, a brief job working at the cafeteria in the in the middle school while we all went there. So it actually was very convenient. She you know, she drove us to school. She right. got up, went to work at the cafeteria. We went to class and. And we uh, sometimes rode home with her. So was, now, who uh, is we all? How many oh, brothers I, I, and sisters? Yeah, I have an older <laughs> brother, an older brother who's three years older than me, uh, a younger brother who is uh, who is uh, three years younger than me, and then a younger sister who's four years younger than me. So was, there was four of us, three boys and a girl, and uh, it was a it was a handful. Uh, you know, we grew up on on Folly Beach, as I said, uh, and it literally was like these memes you see on, on the internet. Uh, you know, we we just ran the place. We ran the beach. I mean, we'd see mom in the morning. It's in the summertime, especially, and, and you know, when the when the street lights came on is when you're expected to be home. You know, we we uh, ran ran the streets, ran the beach, drank out of water hoses. Uh, I mean, it was it was very much of a bohemian uh, lifestyle on on Folly Beach back back in the uh, late '60s and 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 '70s. And so, Scott, as you were growing up, did you have visions of what you wanted to be one day? You know, I um, I think if I had any. Uh, Anything that came into my head, I've always been a bit of a of a of a, of a movie fan. I love movies. I still I have an enormous movie collection now. I know people do a lot of streaming stuff. I have a I have a DVD collection that that's into the hundreds. Uh, I've got a, a huge library. I love uh, I love movies. So you know, I, I I remember as a kid, I was like, oh, I want to be an actor. You know, I want to I want to I want to be a part of this. Um, you know, which is funny. I've got a creative streak in me. I mean, I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA, uh, and that's that's where my strengths lie and on the analytical side. Um, but uh, you know, I, I work in my workshop, my wood shop, on the weekends, uh, and I have a creative side as well that, uh, that that I can feed. You know, when I'm not paying the bills. So uh, so yeah, I always uh, you know that was a little fantasy when I was a kid, but it 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 uh, you know never really went anywhere. So tell us, yeah. So how did the college thing happen? You said you went to college, but that wasn't the plan. So how did that unfold? 
You know, like most uh, like most men, I uh, I can say that any success that I have ever achieved in my life, I owe to my wife. Yay! Um, when I was too, honey. Hang on, me too. <laughs> when I was a fireman, uh, I moved out. I was with living with um, three other firemen. So there was four of us. Uh, you know, t- two of them were my best my best buddies in high school. Um, they worked at the James Island Public Service District Fire Department, and I, I worked at the Mount Pleasant Fire Department. And we were just living living the life. It was great. Anyway, so we rented a, a house in a in a uh, in a neighborhood on James Island. And we moved into a, you know, so here we got four, you know, four uh, single guys moving into a residential house, uh, you know, the the bane of any family, family <laughs> man, you know. <laughs> the neighbors and, uh, loved you, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, well, the, the neighbor, uh, the neighbor next door had um, had uh, two two boys and a girl. And, um, and, you know, we were good guys. We were just like most young people. We were stupid and clueless. We didn't think outside of our sphere of what was going on in our lives and our immediate space. And so we would play the music too loud. Uh, we had the, we always had the windows open in the, because we, you know, we tried to save money on air conditioning. So it was always stifling hot in the house, but we didn't care. And, um, and the music was just thumping out of the, out of the windows. And so, our, and our next door neighbor, he, he he wasn't a bad guy, but but he would call over and say, "Boys, turn the music down." We're like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." We turn the music down, but it got so routine that in his household, he would just yell at whoever was closest to the phone to call next door, tell them to turn down the, the daggum music. <laughs> well, one day, the phone rang, and I, I I picked up the phone, and it was the daughter from next door, and she's like, "Hey, Dad, wants you to turn the music down?" And we're like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." So I turned the music down, and then I started started chatting with her. Yeah, you know, I'd seen her coming and going. She's a pretty pretty girl. And um, we started chatting for a while, and uh, ultimately, I, I asked her out on a, a date. And um, and so we oh, started. Oh, wow, I bet you her dad was so happy about he that. Was, he was tickled. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he wasn't happy at all. But, but <laughs> again, you know, we, we were good guys. We weren't bad guys. We weren't disrespectful. We were just stupid. And um, so we started dating, and she was a senior in high school. And, it, it, you know, and, and she was uh, on her way to, to Clemson. Uh, to major in electrical engineering, she was. I think she graduated in the top ten of her class. You know, and here I am. I mean, this FBI. Uh, you know, graduated bottom in his high school class, and you know, it it didn't take me long after that summer of us dating when she left school for fall for me to 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 kind of realize that you know if I was going to be with her or with a girl like her, I, I needed to square it away and get an education. Now I want to pause right here and, and tell your listeners that you know the path to success is not always a college education okay really? it worked for me but i don't i don't want to make this sound make it sound elitist okay so it, but it did work for me and so i secretly took the sat which i so now remember graduated bottom of my high school class and i've been out of school for four or five years and then i took the sat i think i scored in the double digits i mean <laughs> But, You're like algebra, what? <laughs> yeah, but I got into uh, I never took algebra in high school, so, <laughs> so I gra- I got in amazingly, and this is back in the day, back in the in the mid '80s. Uh, I got into the College of Charleston on probation. Uh, they wouldn't even have looked at me today because you know they certainly have got a much more advanced program now. And uh, and I told her I was going to be going to the to the college, and she was like, "That's great." So anyway, um, we we dated um, long distance relationship through high school, which was okay because we were both um, both pretty studious. First semester was a big adjustment for me, but after the second semester of my, my my freshman year, I got on the dean's list. Amazingly. And I stayed there the rest of my high school career. So th- there was a brain in there. It just had never been sparked. It had never been challenged. 
And uh, so I, I graduated uh, with a 397 uh, in my major, and, um, and uh, I decided I was going to major in accounting because firefighting wasn't exciting enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, accounting came in my mind for a couple of reasons. One, when I was a fireman, whenever we would drive the truck away from the station down in the old village, we had a station down there, we'd always drive by a CPA who literally had a shingle in front of it, a certified public accountant. And I said, oh, accounting, that's kind of neat. But in, in the day, I mean, the guys at the firehouse, every payday, each guy would give me two bucks, which doesn't sound like much, but across three shifts and 30-something guys, and again, in, in 1985 pricing, um, they would give me two bucks. And, to, and I ran the station kitty. And with that money, I would buy things the city wouldn't provide, like condiments for the refrigerator, pay for the you know the premium cable channels, decent toilet paper. Uh, I'm not joking. And, uh, <laughs> you know, things to make life in a firehouse really nice. And then at home, my roommates, they would give me the money, and I would make sure the rent was paid and the, and the utilities were paid. And so, so it just kind of fit in my personality. I mean, this this whole accounting thing. So I said I'm going to major in accounting, and, and I graduated with a degree in accounting. And um, I was one of about four people, I think, in my graduating class that got offered jobs with uh, national accounting firms because they would come on campus and uh, and uh, interview. And so I got uh, I was offered a job as a as a staff auditor, a staff accountant for uh, KPMG. Uh, who, now KPMG, back in the day, it was Pete Marwick, but it's now KPMG. So um, in Greenville, so I graduated and um, moved to Greenville to uh, to start my my career in public accounting uh, at a national accounting firm so it was it was an interesting and transformative four years in my life just four years before I was a very different person and uh, uh, so speaking of that Scott when you think about transformations whether it's at a young age or maybe even an older age in life you know you, you have to be open to the transformation right and people come into your life to assist with the transformation and so talk a little bit about the influences in your life as you went through a transformation yeah that is a that's a, that is a great point um, first of all I, I think it starts with the realization that you are not locked in to this path that your life is on um, you know that life is not life is not over at at 19 you know um, and uh, the influence was identifying what you really wanted from your life and um, sometimes people show you that sometimes you have a moment of clarity I'll tell you the, the moment I realized I could go to college was when I was actually sitting in my house my, with my my fireman roommate, and we were watching The Lords of Discipline on um, on um, I don't know HBO or something. And you know, this obviously is a story about about the Citadel. Um, and I'm watching this, and I'm going, I just had this moment of clarity. I mean, I remember it right now. I was going, you know, I could do that. That that's I could do that. I could get up. I could go to class. I could study. I could get a degree. Because this had been boiling in my head about, you know, this girl next door who I really, really like, and she's going to be leaving to go to school, and oh, man, I'm, you know, and, and so it's a moment of clarity that you can see something that you want to do in terms of an ultimate goal, because I had no idea I wanted to be an accountant, or something that you can do, like go to college in my case, and uh, or if it's one of your listeners saying, I can 
build this business. I can provide this service. I can achieve these things. But you just have this moment of clarity, and then you commit yourself to it. And so the influence, first of all, it was creating this reality in your head that you're capable of doing more than, than maybe what you're doing. And the influence, as I mentioned, was, you know, was my uh, girlfriend at the time. And uh, next month in May, we'll be celebrating our 30th uh, wedding anniversary. I so, was going to wow. ask you what happened to that girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So, um, so, 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 so that, that was the, the big, the big piece of it. And uh, fortunately, you know, I was in a position where I, I, you know, I, my mom and dad said they couldn't pay for college, but they could give me a place to live and so i moved home and got student loans and and uh and uh, and and you know and enrolled into college and and uh, and i love the college charleston i mean they they they, they uh they're a great school great school um uh, rebecca herring was my uh, accounting oh, yeah. uh, professor she passed away just a couple years ago absolute legend over there absolute she, legend. Uh, she changed my life she's uh, i would say uh, you know, she encouraged me when I didn't think I could do it. She uh, took a genuine interest in, in me as a person. I remember I had my family over um, two years ago in the summertime. We were in – no, sorry. It was the wintertime. We were in uh, Paris um, taking my, my family over there for a, a little getaway. And um, I got a, an email from uh, Mac Herring, her husband, and he said, hey, we got your Christmas card. I always send her a Christmas card. And I just want to let you know Rebecca passed away. And I remember I sat down on a bench right there in the Louvre, and, and I had a, a good cry over that. It was, a, it was like losing a, a dear family member. But she changed my life, um, and that's a, I think that's indicative of so many of these wonderful teachers and, and leaders that they have out there at the college. So, um, how did uh, what did the next chapter of your life look like with your wife? So she graduated from Clemson, and yeah, how did yeah. what how did that unfold? Well, she uh, she co-opted because she again she she did graduate with her degree in electrical engineering, and uh, she co-opted on summers. So I graduated you know, on time in four years, and she graduated in five years because she worked a couple semesters. Um, but uh, I was in Greenville, she was in Clemson, and um, and then we got uh, we we uh, got engaged her senior year. And uh, and then um, she uh, 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 you know she she lived in um, uh, on Haywood Road in Greenville, and I lived a, a couple miles away. And when we got married, we moved to Easley, the booming town of Easley, because she worked in Liberty, uh, designing one of the first generations of laptop computers, which were so foreign back then. And they were you know they were two inches thick and you know, they were heavy as a desktop. But it was an exciting time for her uh, in that realm. And and I was again doing my career in public accounting. And um, and uh, I uh, I can you know we'll get, we'll get to how I got into credit unions uh, here in a second. But it was a, a wonderful experience as you're learning, learning what you don't know, learning how much you you do need to to learn. But uh, anyway, we dated. Uh, we were engaged for about a year, uh, about a year and a half, and um, and then we uh, we got we got married again in uh, in, in 1991. So un- unbelievable amount of time there. And so, Scott, talk a little bit about your role, you know, as a young staff accountant coming up. You know, what was the aspiration? Where did you think the end road was going to be? And just what was it like to work in an enormous institution? Uh, well, you, you know, in, in these large firms, you first of all, you start with your choice. So they, you want to be in tax, which means you stay in the office in a cube and you do tax returns all day, or do you want to be in audit, which means you travel, you go to different companies, you you in different, you see a different operation every couple of weeks. You, you know, you, you're you're 
traveling a lot. Sometimes you're in Florence, South Carolina. You know, two months later, you're in Houston, Texas. So I definitely opted for the audit uh, track. You, you you see so many different operations, so many different industries. It's almost like a, a residency when you're being a doctor. You kind of rotate. Or you, you know, you're doing you're going to be doing governmental, and you're doing hospitality, then you're doing financial institutions, and then you're doing you know uh, municipalities uh, in the hospitality. It's many different industries, and so I. Uh, Settled in after uh, a rotation of that uh, in financial institutions, specializing in that, partially because the accounting is backwards, which for some reason, you know, sit well with my my, my weird brain. But the, the debits and the credit reversals didn't didn't bother me at all, and I just uh, it just clicked with me. Whether it's insurances or investment houses or banks or credit unions, financial services is what uh, is why I settled in. It just was a very comfortable seat for me. And um, after about uh, after about uh, four or five years of public accounting, my wife and I got married. I'd spent more nights in that first year we'd been married uh, in hotel rooms by myself than with my new bride. And I decided it was time to settle down in a, an industry that kept me a little closer to home. And so I went to go work for one of my clients, a small credit union in Greenville, South Carolina, as the chief financial officer. Wow, you went right into the CFO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, was there any trepidation into taking on a role that I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. What made you feel like you had the confidence to do that at, at a pretty young age, too? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was twenty-eight. <laughs> um, it was um, it, actually the the accounting side didn't didn't scare me so much because again, I'd, I'd managed I'd, I'd, you know audited a lot of balance sheets. I know how the balance sheets are supposed to work. Uh, it was really going into leading a department of people uh, at such a young – I was the youngest person in the department, and I was the one in charge. I never had management experience except you know, small audit teams who had specific functions versus an entire accounting department for a financial institution where you have multiple different roles. Um, and, and again, you know, I had worked for people that in some cases were more than twice my age. And so it was a little intimidating there. It was a little intimidating. <laughs> that was my biggest challenge in my mind was taking on a management role where I never really had been prepared for that. Sure. What, was there any mistakes that you made early on in those leadership roles? How long you got? <laughs> Unfortunately, we only have a few seconds left. Oh, well, are we wrapping things up? Oh my gosh, this is a great place to end. Okay. It is because when we talk about the mistakes and the trials and the tribulations, that's usually a pretty deep dive. So if you don't mind, we're going to delay that for uh, our session next week. But certainly uh, looking forward to seeing where the rest of the journey went. And I'm sure just to hear how it unfolds that you go from, again, that that first job into the, the firm, the organization that ultimately leads you to president and CEO. So again, Scott Woods, thanks again for your time and your story today. My pleasure. Thank you. And again, you've been listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the College of Charleston School of Business and Coastal Wealth Management, heard here on 94.3 WSC and simulcast on iHeartRadio, as well as download our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or at our website, coastalwm.com. And until next Saturday morning, Lowcountry, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business. The College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. The College of Charleston School of Business is recognized among the top 30 colleges for studying business abroad by the Business Research Guide. 
with nine undergraduate majors, 10 minors, and six concentration areas, an honors program in business, and master's programs in business and accountancy, the College of Charleston School of Business has more than 3,000 students enrolled. Their students are ready to work, and they're ready to make an impact. For more info, visit sb.cfc.edu.